0: and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Maura Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland and you're most welcome to this new series where we are going to discuss and explore various aspects of STEM, um, how we enable and support children to have fun across the areas of science, technology, engineering, and and maths. I'm delighted that my first guest for this um, episode of the series is Sandra O'Neill. Sandra is an assistant professor of early childhood education in DCU, and she lectures there on the Bachelor of Early Childhood Education degree. Her research interests include, naturally enough, I suppose, science, technology, engineering and maths in early childhood. And she also has a very strong interest in children's rights. She's the founder and chair of the Early Childhood STEAM Network, which is an informal community of practice where early childhood students, educators and lecturers meet regularly to discuss and share their knowledge and experience about STEAM. And Sandra is uh, in her spare time. Uh, currently undertaking doctoral studies in the University of Sheffield. So, Sandra, you're really welcome. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to us out of that busy schedule. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. So it's great to talk to you.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: So I think I've kind of mentioned what, uh, what STEM is, but, you know, um, in, in the intro there, I've used the terms uh, STEM and STEAM. So, you know, can you tease out a little bit what, what STEM is or, you know, do you prefer to go with STEAM? And I know you see lots of connections between the areas of, of art and creativity and uh, the, the STEM subject. So maybe we'll start with your take on, on, um, on that.
1: Yeah, so so STEM, like you said, is science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Um, and the A, the additional A, um, refers to the arts or creativity. So to be honest, I use the terms interchangeably because I think with STEM, the kind of processes that are involved kind of encourage children to use their creativity and encourage children to use their imagination and to problem solve. So the arts kind of sits in there very well. Um, you know, children don't learn about the world in these kind of narrowly defined subject areas. So there's a lot of overlap between science, technology, engineering, maths and creativity and the arts as well. And um, so I kind of use them interchangeably. Doesn't bother me either way. Um, but I do think STEM in general definitely includes um. It, Encouraging children to be creative and to problem solve um, and to develop all of those dispositions like curiosity and playfulness and all of those wonderful things that we do in early years.
0: And I suppose, you know, maybe traditionally, you know, we would have seen them as very kind of heavy academic kind of areas which puts people off some of those subjects i mean you and i have both written in the in various scale the blogs that we've done for early childhood ireland how we were considered not good at maths in in school and yet here you are lecturing in in mathematics and i found it was when i went to montessori college some of the um geometric concepts started to make sense to me because they were um you know there was concrete material that i could explore and be creative with so i think that's you know part of maybe the evolution of the subject to see what would traditionally be seen as heavy subjects as an area in which you can be creative and play around with them
1: yeah i think people people you know like even if you think about science they hear the words science and they think of biology, chemistry, physics, like the things that we would have done in school ourselves. And it's really off-putting. But if you simplify those subjects down, biology is about the body and how it works or plants and what they need to survive or animals and bugs. They're all things that come up in general discussion if not on a daily basis, certainly a weekly basis, you know, in an early childhood context. So, um, so if you start to just, I suppose, look at science and technology and maths in a slightly different way, you can see that there's, there's loads of overlap, you know, chemistry is baking and making Play-Doh or noticing that oil and water don't mix. And, and even physics is knocking over towers and kicking a ball and going down a slide, you know, that's gravity and it's cause and effect. So it's, really about I suppose educators trying to see the stem in their practice um. that happens on a daily basis, you know, that's the first step. It's trying to identify the science, trying to identify the maths and not be afraid of it because maths anxiety certainly is a real thing. And it's been studied. And my husband still laughs that I teach maths in a university because he says I'm absolutely useless. And he is correct, Moira. I am (laughs) am useless. But I still think it's really important that that they are skills and uh, it's knowledge that we're supporting children to develop while they're with us.
0: And, you know, in terms of, you know, why start when, the, when they're young? You know, I was thinking there when you were talking about biology, children are fascinated with their with their bodies and how they work. And, you know, what better time? You know, we, we talk about supporting emergent curriculum, you know, responding where children um, are at, responding to their interests, whatever those interests are is always the best way to support the dispositions that you talked about earlier.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose because they're holistic learning environments, like they're not just learning about maths, let's say, when they're building towers and knocking down towers, there's also lots of engineering. So there's loads of overlap, I suppose, in all of those areas for, for children. And I think the focus on STEM when you put those kind of four discipline areas together, it's kind of an, an acknowledgement of the times that we live in as well, because children are surrounded by technology. That's not really reflected in early childhood settings, a huge amount. Um, I think we're so afraid it's, of it because, you know, oh, yeah.
0: you know, there's a lot of research about too much screen time being bad. Yeah. So I think sometimes, you know, we're we're not sure where to fit technology into that sometimes because you certainly don't want children sitting in front of screens incessantly
1: no but I think screen time and technology have become conflated so those two things are not the same you know and the reality is that children are living in a world where they're constantly surrounded by technology and digital devices. So in my mind, at least, I think we should be supporting kind of mindful use of technology as a tool and for learning and for discovering things about the world and not just for entertainment. Mm. Um, You know, things like environmental education, sustainability, all of those things are kind of increasingly important. um, And it's going to be, children are going to need to understand those things and it's easier in some ways to use technology to you know investigate and to find out things like even we were talking about you know building towers earlier on there's nothing to stop children looking up you know um architecture and bridges and building and getting ideas for what then they're going to to build and produce together Mm. you know so that's the way we're talking about using technology um even using we have in GCU what we do with our students is we use um digital microscopes and they can you know if you can get a bug if you can catch a bug um, you can see like how like all the different parts of their body you can discuss those things you know in terms of germs if you put them on your on your hands or we put them on a dirty piece of cloth um, you can see all all the dirt that's there you can see how people's bodies are different you know so you're talking about using technology to help children to understand more rather than sitting children down and keeping them quiet and Using screens, you know. So I think that shift in our, our thinking has to happen in order for us to start to use technology in in earlier settings. Um, but like you said, I think it's I think it's the fear. People don't know where to start.
0: And I suppose you know that's one of the barriers. Do you? You know, I sometimes think um, that gender can sometimes be a barrier that people perceive some of these subjects as being uh, male dominated and, um, you know, not things that girls are interested in. Um,
1: You know, do you see that as a barrier? Yeah, the research would say that definitely uh, gender is an issue when it comes to STEM. And there's a couple of reasons for that. So, One is adults' perceptions, so parents' perceptions. There's research that shows that parents um, will spend longer explaining science concepts to boys than they will to girls. They're not aware of this, but that is something that they do. Um, With educators, I suppose, our own actions in the setting show to children what is important and what we think is suitable for them to play with. So if we're not providing science experience maths experiences engineering experiences and um, children pick up on that really quickly and definitely uh, there's research to show that if an educator is in let's say the block play area or a science area or whatever it is being present if you're a female educator being present in that play area means that the girls are more likely to come into that area so There's what the adults are doing, but there's also the way that boys and girls play. They play differently. So when girls, let's say, are building with blocks, they tend to build something. They're building a house or they're building a farm or they're building something. Whereas boys uh, build to knock things over again. So the boys are more boisterous in their play and they tend to take over those spaces and girls eventually give up. So there's lots of stuff happening even in the early years, which kind of goes back to, you know, what we were talking about earlier on, why do we need to start this so so early? Um, Because girls' perceptions of their own abilities and what is for them and what is for boys, they kind of take hold very early on, Um, you know, two, three, four, that kind of age. So girls' perceptions of their own abilities um, are influenced by how we treat them. So um, definitely in science there's a gender gap that starts really early and it's persistent and it's really difficult to change. And,
0: you know, and I suppose that goes back to the whole nature and nurture that, you know, our, our, and, you know, I suppose that's not what we're here to talk about, but are boys inherently more boisterous or is it that there's a, an expectation and a tolerance for boisterous play from boys, whereas, you know, from very early on, girls are more subtly um, encouraged to be, you know, kind of quieter and maybe more focused or whatever. But anyway, we can um, we might come back and talk about that at, at another time. Are there other barriers beyond, you know, kind of a fear of uh, technology or, or gender are there other um, uh, barriers that you've come across in your research, Sandra?
1: I think there are definitely barriers uh, from the educator's perspective, like what we hear a lot or what I hear a lot. We're carrying it research at the moment. Um, lots of educators will say we don't have the equipment. Um, and I, that kind of baffles me somewhat because I I can see how STEM arises in lots of different areas and in lots of different parts of the daily routine, but I think again it goes back to people's perceptions of what STEM is about. You know, they think, well, it's science, so maybe it needs to be astronomy. We need to have a telescope. We need to have binoculars. We need to have all of those things. And um, so I think equipment sometimes is 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 listed as an issue, and one of the other issues is is around training. So educators just don't have the training. The Department of Education and Skills um, did a study in 2017 and another one in 2020 to ask educators how prepared they were um, to support STEM in their settings. And most of them reported that they weren't confident you know that it hadn't been covered in any great depth in their initial education and that um in terms of cpd they found it difficult to access cpd as well so i think you know equipment training and then again the perceptions around stem um is is a difficulty if you've lots of people in your setting who don't think it's appropriate or if you've parents who don't think it's appropriate that's something hard to tackle
0: okay um, yeah. And, you know, when you mention equipment, I always think that um, kind of loose parts and open ended materials are, you know, Perfect. that's, you know, a, a great resource to have, as well as, of course, you know, a couple of magnifying glasses and the binoculars and that type of thing. But you don't need the DCU level of telescope that you were talking about no. earlier to make a start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, you know, it's it, it's all about, you know, kind of doing what you can with what you can Um with doing what you can, sorry, with what you what you have, um, so you know we've kind of touched on it. So you know, I, I think we, we you know we both agreed that play, plenty, open ended, uh, lots of time for for play, is the best way to uh, support children to explore and think about about these ideas. Have you kind of suggestions as to how you can? Facilitate uh, that kind of that kind of play.
1: Yeah, I think I think in terms of STEM. So there's there's two different parts to STEM education in early childhood. So one of them is the kind of you know the the kind of content areas, for want of a better word. You know, how are you supporting children to understand? Counting in mathematics or um, number sense. So there's, the, there's that end to it. But the other end is about kind of the processes that are involved in STEM. And they are generally around letting children decide what they are interested in, coming up with an idea for how they are going to tackle that. So let's say, you know, we want to build a den in the garden. Great. How are we going to do that? What equipment are we going to use? Who are we going to need to help us with that? Planning it out you know creating whatever it is they're creating and then testing it and improving it over time so really stem is is ideal in terms of play you know the type of dispositions that we are trying to support it's about communicating with others it's about trying to figure out what the issues are what the problems are coming up with a way of of fixing that or figuring out and um the adult, I suppose, is there really to facilitate and to support and to prompt. But the children are in control. So open-ended play is the perfect opportunity for children to start to do that. Um, it's just about us seeing that as STEM rather than um, any other kind of discipline or area or type of play.
0: Or just building a den. Or just building
1: it. a den. Yeah, just, And we shouldn't say just because that's hard work.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, it it takes a lot of kind of planning and ingenuity and figuring it out and teamwork. And, you know, there's so much so much learning that happens in that. And I suppose, you know, it's kind of trying to think about moving away from you mentioned counting. And, you know, sometimes people feel um, that the more they count, the more the better children's number understanding will be. And that's not always the case, I think.
1: No, <laughs> and this again I suppose goes back to um maybe training or people's people's understanding of those different uh, discipline areas so in terms of mathematics because I also teach a mathematics class um there's small changes to your kind of language um, and to your approach that can really help children with things like counting so don't get me wrong learning to count from one to ten is is uh an incredible feat of memory for a small child. No, one, two, three, four, five, 6, seven, and nine, ten. They have to learn all of those number of words. They have to learn them in order um, and they have to be able to go backwards and forwards with them. But if that's different to the type of counting that we use as adults, which is rational counting. Um, and in order to do that, there's a couple of principles that children need to understand. But We need to understand those in order to help the children to understand them. So things like stable order, the numbers always remain the same. One to one correspondence. So there's one item for one number words. So things like. Um, in when you are counting, to actually count, point and count. So point to individual children if you're counting children, point to individual blocks if you're counting blocks, um, and then things like order, relevance. So uh, regardless of if I'm counting all the children in a group. If I start from one end or if I start from the other end, it's the same number. And then the last thing is is kind of cardinality. So the last number you land on, that's the number of items in that group. So we understood that you'd you'd probably move away from this kind of road counting, just counting from, from one to 10 and start to use the kind of, you know, when children are lining up or when you're counting out items that are required for children or when you're doing group time in the morning and you're welcoming all the children you would use maths in a different in a different way. You'd use a different approach. Um, so again, I think a lot of it comes back to kind of seeing STEM in the daily activities that you do.
0: So yeah. you're not counting, you know, getting every child at a table to count every child at the table before they can have snack. Exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But I think some of those that that terminology That's so important to have in basic training. So you can come to an understanding of of that and do it in a different way that is more supportive of children's understanding of the the concept. Exactly. You know, I've often said that because a child is able to say the words one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It doesn't mean that they have a concept of, you know, um, can you put those number words mean? Um, And that's. It's the, the concepts behind the word, the the words, because they're only words until you understand the concepts.
1: Yeah. And I think as adults, we we understand those very abstract concepts and they make complete sense to us. So it's hard for us to take a step back and think, well, actually, how does this look to a child? You know, because we use number in different ways, uh, different ways. So there's the kind of cardinal way, you know, to find out how many is is here but then we also have you know um ordinal numbers so like one first second third mm. and uh, even though three is a higher number when you're counting, third is a worse position to be in if you've just won a race, you know. So it's really confusing for children, mm. yeah. um, and they need to be exposed to 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 all of those different ways in which we use number, like telephone numbers and bus numbers and all of that kind of stuff mm. as well. So if you take a step back, it's it's really complicated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you
0: know? yeah, and not trying to get to the end stage before you you start at the start. Exactly, um, and you know, and. Yeah, mentioned earlier about you know, the geometry making sense to me when I was in Montessori College because it was concrete. So I think it's, you know, for me, I go back to that, that idea of making it as concrete as possible um, because it, 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 it's just inappropriate developmentally to to expect children to have an understanding of those very abstract concepts without having the concrete learning and hands-on the You know the play and hands on experience that Ashther talks about.
1: Yeah, so then going back to that idea that play is kind of the best way to do this, you know, because mm-hmm. you're talking about real experiences, meaningful experiences that the children are involved in. If I'm building a den, OK, well, how many pegs are we going to need to, you know, tie this um, blanket to the piece of string, you know? So we've got one, two, three, four, we have four pegs. Mm. So that's that's much easier for children to understand. Um and maybe why, you know, that probably wasn't done when we were children. And that's maybe why we're a little bit <laughs> unsure about maths <laughs> a,
0: a little bit. <laughs> so I suppose then, um, you know, uh, you know, the, you've talked a good bit there about maths, maybe, you know, some of the science uh, areas, you know, you've mentioned about um Uh, biology and you know we've said about children's fascination with um, their bodies and how their bodies work and 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 so on but you know in terms of science played there's so many other areas to explore
1: yeah so so I suppose again it goes back to kind of content you know like what what do you understand as science so so living things us you know children them, themselves you know and you've different eye color different hair color different skin color different height all of those things and um, but even things like habitats and sustainability so like just you know if you've a garden in the setting I'm sure if you went out there and if you overturned a stone you'd find a couple of bugs or you'd find a worm you know that's a habitat and you can discuss you know if you've got a um, um, a bug hotel that's all science because they're living things, you know, the human body and healthy living. So if you're talking about nutrition or if you're talking about, you know, why we need to drink water or why we need to eat healthy food, that's all science, you know, and um, air and water. So even if you're talking about, you know, the it's very windy today or, you know, it's very wet today. Where does the rain come from? And, um, you know, why is, why are the puddles frozen over this morning? All of that is science you know and even things like um, magnets if you're using magnets and magnetism electricity you know why do we need to plug it in why does this need to be charged so there, here's the overlap now with technology you know but if something dies uh, why does it need to be charged how long is it going to take to recharge why is that the case um, and 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 lots of things, even I suppose, like overhead projectors, light, sound, shadow, all of those things would be considered science as well. Um, And actually, I think light and shadow appears on the the primary curriculum as well. Um, But, you know, all of those things are, again, when when you list them out, are things that you probably are touching on, on an everyday basis in the setting.
0: But the going out to do it rather than looking at photographs of oh yeah, you know, an icy puddle or the bug hotel or yeah. the the habitats under the, the stone or the, the kind of piece of rotten wood that has um, all kinds of lovely creatures. Um, yeah, and I and I also it.
1: remember being in um Reggio oh god years ago now, but they had actually kept um was it apples or was it oranges? It was a piece of fruit. And basically they had brought in a new one every week over the space of like uh, six or seven weeks. And they were literally watching them decay. So they had a new one every week, but then they could see the one that was a week old, two weeks old, three weeks old, four weeks old. And... They were describing, you know, what was what was happening to it. Why do they think that was happening? Then they were investigating that. So they were going onto their computer and as a group, they were looking that up, you know. So it's the it's the practical things. It's trying to get the children themselves to come up with their ideas of well, why is this happening? How can we find out more about it? Um, And doing that as a group and, and discussing their thinking.
0: Yeah and And you know with the children's interests kind of paramount all the time that all the people poor are interested in, in in this, not uh, you know in a preschool setting twenty two children sitting around <laughs> in circle for an hour oh no <laughs> yeah um and probably in Reggio again there's the complete link to the the whole um arts area there because in Reggio they were probably exploring some of that in you know in their drawings and clay and you know all kinds of other media as well
1: yeah definitely and and kind of doing um what what was, what else they had um what do you call them a stop motion they were kind of recording you know how how they were actually kind of graphically in a motion graphics kind of yeah. way Wow. Well,
0: yeah so they take a photo so technology know. bit then was coming in there again exactly Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh, but I suppose when you get to that stage, you know, you're that's where maybe CPD comes in to be able to, uh, um, even though I suppose with a lot of mobile phones and that a lot of mobile phones have some of that kind of um, technology built into various apps and so on.
1: Yeah, and probably but, ones that are easy enough for children to use as mm-hmm. well, you know, that are very intuitive Um intuitive. Um, and that can be used creatively by children. But again, I think a lot of people need a pointer in the direction of what those apps might be and how they how they um, might work mm. with young children. Yeah.
0: So, Sandra, there's so much there, so many practical ideas. And it's it's just, you know, it's an area that interests me. And there's so many um, kind of fascinations to um, to go down that road. And I'm looking forward to kind of teasing these out with some educators as this series develops. Uh, So, Sandra, thanks so much for being um, the first guest for this series on uh, STEM and STEAM. It's my pleasure. Thank you. And thank you for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, uh, please share the word and we look forward to your company next time.